Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Alan Kenny. This is the Blatant Homerism Podcast, part of the part of Sooner Sports Radio, which is part of the V Sporto Network. Uh, National Signing Day is right around the corner. Oklahoma still has a few uh, balls up in the air. So uh, I'm going to bring on our good friend with uh, Sooner Scoop, Josh McQuiston, to uh, give us an idea of uh, what's left for Oklahoma and kind of review the class uh, now that uh, quite a few of the uh, spots have been filled there. So let's go ahead and bring him in. Josh, what's up, man? Uh, you know, not a lot, Alan. Doing pretty well. You know, this time of year, it's uh, it's a lot different feel than last year's with all that's gone on the last week or so. It it's kind of feels like a different conversation, but... You know, there's still a lot of important pieces on the table. I think, you know, if Oklahoma can close on some of the guys I'm sure we're going to talk about, I think it's a really good class. It just, you know, there's a few questions that I think still exist, but I, I don't think this class is probably getting its due so far. Yeah, there certainly are, and there are a lot of uh, good pieces out there. But uh, I want to start off real quickly. Uh, you guys had a report yesterday about uh, – it sounds as though there might be some delays with the stadium renovations that uh, have been uh, you know, so ballyhooed for the past year or so. Uh, I mean, what kind of impact do you think that the report about that delay uh, might have on recruiting, if at all? You know, the thing that I think is really interesting, and, and it's not something that I uh, that I really thought about yesterday, but as things kind of wore on, I think everybody calmed down the side a little bit. You know, there was obviously a lot of, um, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. of, of why we ran it when we did and some of those <laughs> things. And I kind of thought to myself, you know, I think that if you really think about it, it may have been about as good a time to run that story as you could possibly find. Because the guys who are committed, that story and that reality is not going to change their commitment. There's nobody that's going to pull out because of that. The guys who, you know, aren't committed, there's three or four of them, you know, they're not going to make a decision based on that, uh, on the upgrade, you know, uh, being delayed for a year. That That's just not going to be something that's going to turn the tide. And you think about, the, you know, you wait until, okay, after signing day. Well, then you've got junior days coming around, and then, you know, maybe that's the first thing they really read about Oklahoma. That's their first lasting memory is, okay, there's, you know, there's some problems with their stadium renovation. So I, I really don't think it's going to have a huge impact. It's one of those things where, when it was announced, you know, we did stories, we talked to a bunch of guys, and everybody was really excited about it, but I haven't talked to a single guy that during his commitment story, when I'm talking to him about what went into his decision, when was the moment he knew, literally the upgrades have not come up once, and at some point that's not a coincidence. I mean, these guys, that's just not something they're basing their decision on. Now, when they go visit, sure, maybe it's something they get excited about when they see it, but to know that there's a report out there that the that it might be delayed for a year, uh, I would be staggered if that affected any kid. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I think that it's kind of uh, much, much ado about nothing. Uh, but uh, you know, I I can understand how some people will be feel like the time might be just a little unfortunate. So, um, 
you know, one thing I wanted to also ask you about too. I mean, philosophically, I, I mean, I've done I've done a lot of you know kind of looks back at kind of how Oklahoma got to this position that they're in, somewhat from a personnel standpoint, and. I don't think that anybody would argue that uh, the the talent on level overall has dropped off, you know, uh, especially from, you know, the salad days, the 2003, 2004, 2005 years when they were just pulling in, you know, top five classes and whatnot. But to me, I mean, there's two sides to recruiting. There's, you know, how much talent are you bringing in, but also are you filling your needs and, you know, are you managing your roster well? And to me, I look at it, and while I, I see a talent uh, kind of downgrade in a lot of spots, I think the bigger issue, from what I can tell, is just a matter of not managing the roster, not you know making sure that you've got all your ducks in a row. You look at stuff like not recruiting a safety for two straight years back in uh, 2010, 2011. I mean, which, which side do you see Oklahoma falling short on there? I, I, you know, and it's it's a little bit of a hedge, but I mean, it's a little bit of both. But I'm kind of with you. I think if you had to pick one or the other, I think it's roster management. And really, it's I see, and it's funny because we look at who's been dismissed. I don't see the problems on the offensive side of the ball. No. I've never felt like you know when Bruce Kittle wasn't getting recruits, or you know James Patton was having trouble signing guys his last couple of years. It wasn't for lack of effort. It wasn't for, you know, we we haven't offered any offensive tackles or we're not going after any interior linemen. They just weren't getting the guys. With Oklahoma right now, I mean, you look at a linebacker group that we thought was for sure going to sign at least three guys, maybe four. There's every possibility in the world they're going to sign one. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just – and it's a guy that I, you know, that I think um, uh, if not for – Jerry Montgomery kind of re-involving himself later on in the recruiting process. I don't think Oklahoma gets him. You know that Jerry was involved early, kind of walked away, and then got back involved later on. And I think that's been a huge part of this whole thing. I mean, uh, you know, he had a key part of it. And you know, I asked Ricky DeBerry when I saw him at the Army game, and he talked about that. But so, I mean, I that's that's kind of my deal. And you know, when I look at it, it's the same story. I thought. Um, it's not even purely numbers. It's are you recruiting guys that fit the system you want to run? And within that, does Oklahoma know the system they want to run? Because, you know, Deshaun Neal was talking about Oklahoma, talking to him about running some 4 3 and that kind of stuff. And so, you know, and then you look at he's a six foot seven, 240 pound guy. He's not a natural fit in the 4 3 anywhere. No. So, no. you know, it, it's just one of those things where you kind of continue to look. And I don't know that you can fault OU for not knowing what they you know want to pick because they don't seem to know what defense they want to pick. There seems to be <laughs> excuse yeah. me uh, fluctuation from year to year. Yeah, that's and and that's a uh, that's certainly an issue. But I guess one thing I wonder about too, though, say you know, I mean, if Oklahoma's staring at a uh, you know one linebacker in this class, I mean, surely there are. Uh, maybe lesser heralded or uh, lesser sought after prospects out there uh, who could, you know, take a spot. I, I mean, I guess the question is, I mean, is it wise in your opinion to to hold off if you're not, if you don't think that the guy is a sure take? I really am a believer in that. I, I think when you start filling spots just to have bodies, it, it goes really bad really fast. I mean, because that's the thing. People will say, well, you know, okay, you recruit that quarterback. Well, 
you know, who was a cornerback's practicing against? Who was a safety's practicing? They're practicing against that quarterback that wasn't any good that you took just to, you know, have a body out there. So, I mean, you have to be careful about that. Now, to me, I think people lose sight because they think, well, his only offer was Louisiana Monroe. Well, you know what? That guy that you thought was a superstar in high school couldn't play for Louisiana Monroe. So, I mean, like, I, people don't really understand a kid that has an FBS scholarship is a very, very good football player. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, there's degrees within it, and, you know, you have to understand that. But, like I said, I think that gets a little crazy. But, you know, I can think of a specific example, a guy that's going to sign with Texas A&M, Dwayne Thomas. OU was in on him, had him set up. Tim Kish went down and saw him a couple of times. OU just never pulled the trigger on offering him. Texas A&M brings him for a visit. He gets an offer while he's there. He commits while he's there, and the story's over. Mm-hmm. Well, do I know if that kid's going to be a star? No, I don't. But if he's good enough to fill out A&M's roster, he's good enough to help Oklahoma with a really depleted linebacker core. So it's just one of those things where there were several situations this year where it looked like Oklahoma had an opportunity to – you know, come up with a late save and really, you know, to fall into Dwayne Thomas, whose tape I really like late in the game would have been a stroke of good fortune. And even still, they just kind of turned away from it. So it, it's just one of those things. And, you know, I, I've heard some various things on why that happened. And, uh, you know, we do a post signing day kind of chat uh, on signing day night. And that's something I kind of anticipate people asking about something I want to cover. It's just one of those stories where it, it it felt like to me that there were several different you know uh, ideas of what he was, and I'm sure that happened with several guys in the class. So again, it's just one of those things where at some point, yeah, you don't want to take a body, but he's not just a body. He's a good football player who can at least be depth for you going forward. Again, talking with uh, Josh for question of uh, Sooner Scoop. Um, coaching changes. We've had uh, quite a few, obviously. Uh, Lincoln Riley's back in replacing, uh, or is in replacing uh, Josh Heupel. Uh, he'll be not only overseeing offensive coordinator, but also coaching the quarterbacks. Uh, but there's still the opening for a wide receiver coach. There's uh, a defensive back uh, position open right now that was uh, vacated by the retiring Bobby Jack Wright. Uh, OU hasn't filled those, so you've got two uh, grad assistants uh, taking their places on the road, right? Yeah, yeah. You've got Corey Callens, the uh, defensive line or defensive grad assistant, but really does a lot of defensive line work under Jerry Montgomery, and um, uh, Chip Bimey, who I think, I think is probably got to be one of the more famous grad assistants in the country <laughs> because of all that he does in recruiting. So, like I said, you know that's um, one of the interesting decisions. That it, I really, you know, and, and I've said it a lot on Twitter, I'm a big believer in get the right guy, don't rush the thing, but I am surprised that they're clearly going to run this out to signing day and then announce it afterward. I, I don't know, you know, if, if they don't have their guy, then that's fine. Like I said, I, I'm not one of those guys that thinks you have to come out and make an announcement and think that changes anything. I'd rather get the right guy a little later than rush into the wrong one. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm fine with that. But there's a lot of kind of talk, and you hear kind of whispers that at least one of those positions, they've got a pretty good idea what direction they want to go. And if that's the case, why wouldn't you just come out and announce it? So it's it's just kind of a strange feeling. Yeah, again, that, that rumor may not be true, but it's just something you kind of hear, and it makes you wonder. But, you know, when you talk to guys, I mean, there's not a lot of trepidation. I mean, Oklahoma's bringing in two wide receivers this weekend, and I think has a 
50-50 chance to get both of them. And they both acknowledge there's no wide receiver coach, and neither one seemed to be all that concerned about it. So, I mean, I guess if we're not seeing any necessarily drop-off or loss of interest because of that, I mean, do you think that either of the uh, two GAs might be able to parlay this into a uh, chance to get a full-time job? I mean, I know that Chip Vine in particular is such a uh, kind of well-thought-of uh, recruiter. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I, to me, Corey Cowens is, is probably not ready. He's not going to be in that position. He's, uh, you know, like I said, his background's defensive line. I mean, what are you going to do? Jerry yeah. Montgomery's not going to move spots. So, you know, you kind of, that's probably just not going to be the right fit. Um, though I, I think he's one of those guys that maybe hasn't been out there as much. It's not as well known. But Cowens is involved in recruiting. He talks to a lot of these guys. He was a good portion of Oklahoma making a run at Deshaun Neal. So, I mean, there are, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that maybe isn't getting his due, but he helps a lot as a grad assistant. He's he's developed some relationships. Um, but I, I think definitely Briney is the guy you would focus on as having a real shot at that job. The question is, is it, you know, um, too much law and order watching with my wife? I mean, is it fruit from the poisonous tree? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. is it as bad as Oklahoma was in the secondary do you want to take someone from that that staff and say, okay, well, he's going to fix the problem, even though he has far less experience in all of these things than Bobby Jack Wright? Now, it's not fair to, you know, on the other side of that coin, it's just not fair to put all that on him because he's there, he's a GA, he's, he's you know, going along with whatever Coach Wright was teaching. So it's just kind of an interesting conundrum. But I, I don't think there's any doubt that Viney is going to be a successful coach. I don't know if he'll get this opening or if it'll be at Oklahoma or be somewhere else. He is extremely energetic, a dogged recruiter. Every kid I talk to can't say enough good things about him. And again, he he lands these guys or, you know, helps land these guys. So I mean it's not just, oh, we like him, but we're gonna go to Texas or we're gonna go to A and M or whatever. So I think Viney is going to be one of those guys 10 years from now that's you know really up for some good jobs and really starting to make moves in the coaching ranks. Yeah, and I mean, it can't hurt to have uh, Bob Stoops vouching for you. Look at, uh, for example, what he was able to do with Jay Norvell, who uh, I, I, you know, kind of certainly landed on his feet getting, in, uh, getting a job on Charlie Strong's uh, staff there at Texas. So. Um, Looking, uh, Lincoln Riley, I mentioned him earlier, this new offensive coordinator. He's bringing back more of an air raid type of offense. Um, you know, I, I here's where I'm going to insert my caveat that I hate talking about uh, spread versus pro style because there's so many different flavors of each and, uh, you know, and, and whatnot. But with, uh, with Riley bringing more of, I would say, a, at least it's fair to say a pass-happier pass offense uh, back to Norman. I mean, how's that going to change OU's approach to recruiting on the offensive side of the ball? To me, that's a tremendously interesting question. I'll tell you the guy that I think to some degree answers that question is Cody Ford in this current class. Cody Ford is a drive blocking, get locked on to a defensive tackle and driving down the field kind of guard. If you know, you hear those early reports, oh, man, he's going to be a guy. We like him a lot. We're really excited. I think maybe the changes aren't going to be as drastic as we all think they might be. If you start, you know, kind of hearing some buzz, oh, we don't know about his feet. We're not sure he's going to work. It's something to watch because, like I said, he is the kind of guy 
that with what Oklahoma was doing last year, it wouldn't have shocked me for a minute if he found some snaps this year. Yeah. Um, as with what they're going and what I've seen on tape of East Carolina, that it's not the obvious fit. Now that doesn't mean it can't work. That doesn't mean Lincoln right. You know, and this kind of goes to what you let in with. People get so hung up on well, he ran this at East Carolina. Well, you know what? At East Carolina, he's not going to line up and run over people. It's not going to work that way. Mm-hmm. So he he played the handy with that. Anybody that thinks that he's not a smart enough guy to recognize the talent that Oklahoma has in the in the backfield is just not giving the guy credit. He, he's a smart coach. Everybody I talk to just talks about him as kind of one of these young, really brilliant football minds. So there's no way on earth that he's not going to recognize what he has in Samaj P. Ryan and Keith Ford and all those guys. So I, I think people get too far ahead of themselves. But at the same time, I'm, you know me. You and I have had this conversation a million times. I'm a run guy. You need mm-hmm. to run more than you throw. I believe in that. I think that's important. And it'll be interesting to see where his balance comes out. So, like I said, I, I, I think you'll see some differences in recruiting. I think maybe you'll see some guys that are a little lighter on their feet, you know, up front, you know, not maybe not the, uh, like I said, the Cody Ford types that are going to be 320 pounds and just running people over. Uh, there'll be some differences, but I also think outside it's pretty clear that speed is the name of Lincoln Riley's game. When you look at some of the guys he's offering nationally, these are just get down the field, stretch the field kind of guys. So you have to think now maybe more than ever, you're going to see Oklahoma and Baylor going head-to-head a lot because that's obviously Art Bryles' method too is to get as much speed as he possibly can outside. So then, you know, some of the receivers that are already in this class, guys like John Humphrey, D. Westbrook, I mean, do they fit in that mold, do you think? They absolutely do. I, I have to think that with Westbrook, I, I really think Westbrook's kind of a jack-of-all trades. I think he could fit just about anything you wanted him to do. I, I'm really a big fan of D.D. Westbrook. Um, John Humphrey, who I, I like a lot as well, John Humphrey has to feel like he fell under a lucky star. I, I know he's upset about Jay Norvell, and he, he really was. I talked to him just a few days after that happened. And, you know, he, he was taking it pretty tough. But when you look at what East Carolina was doing, he fits it perfectly. They want to get guys out in space, run those bubble screens, a lot of the stuff that we used to see really it kind of fell off over the last two or three years under Josh Heupel, but was really a staple. Um, of what Kevin Wilson always ran. And really, you know, what Oklahoma ran pretty much from 1999 to around 2010. So, you know, you're going to see a lot of that, and that just fits Humphrey so well. I would thought that he was a guy that would probably end up redshirting, but now that I look at what they've done, you know, what they're going to go to offensively, or, you know, I guess what we assume they're going to go to, you've got to think that they're going to find some way to get him and the ball in his hands because – Probably with the exception of Micaiah Quick, there's nobody on that roster that can run like he can at the wide receiver position. Yeah, and uh, I've been—I mean, I've been actually been going over some of uh, East Carolina's games uh, the past you know, week or so. Looking at—I was looking at uh, Cincinnati today. I mean, they're running a lot of uh, two by two or you know uh, three by one, uh, some empty sets. I mean, you're talking about getting four or five receivers out there on the field. Uh, if you're gonna, I mean, can we can we pencil in Westbrook for one of those spots? You think? I, I really do. I I don't see any way. You know, if there was that guy that you knew was, you know, definitely uh, going, you know, I definitely earned the right to be a starter. Then fine. 
But with the exception of Sterling Shepard, there's nobody on that roster that has taken a job. And with Westbrook enrolling early, having time to sink his teeth in the offense, and more than anything, with the change in the offense, that huge advantage that all those guys that were there the last year have is gone now. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, to some degree. I mean, obviously there's still some advantages. But, you know, knowing the offense and the playbook, they're learning right there with it. So it's, it's going to be negated to a large degree. And, again, you're talking about a six foot two, 200-pound guy, elite speed, can jump, can go across the middle. Really, like I said, I, I think he, you know, he'll obviously be kind of number two to Sterling Shepard this year. But if he goes out, has a nice year, and then really jumps up as a senior, I, I think he could be kind of a guy that you compare to Mark Clayton and what he's capable of and the way his game is. I, like I said, I don't want to go too far off the deep end because we see these Juco guys every year. But mm-hmm. boy, when I watch his tape, you know, I, I just really see a guy that's a difference maker. Well, uh, bad news, folks. Looks like uh, Josh's phone died on him. Uh, so we're going to have to end it there. But I uh, really appreciate Josh McQuiston of uh, Sooner Scoop for coming on and uh, filling us in on uh, some of the stuff that's going on with Oklahoma before National Signing Day. Uh, we'll uh, you know, have some more coverage for you of uh, recruiting next week and everything. So hopefully we'll be able to make it up to you then. Uh, thanks again to Josh. Make sure to go check out what they're doing over there at Soonerscoop.com. Uh, it's a vital, vital resource, especially this time of year with National Signing Day, just a few, day, uh, few days away. For blatant homerism, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.